With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. The 3 and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Just watched a little Chiefs Chargers. Going to dive right into that. A lot going on. Russell Wilson, some thoughts there. Patrick Mahomes and Sean Payton, what could have been. Wentz, Matt Ryan, dive around some games. My guy Stucky on gambling. If you like the Three and Out Podcast, make sure you subscribe to it. If you listen on Collins' feed, subscribe to the Three and Out feed as well as the Middlecoff Mailbag. We'll have one come out. We're putting them out every every uh, Sunday. Comes out Sunday. Little teaser for you. Little something to listen to before the games. At uh, John Middlecoff is my Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Get your question answered on the show. Let's just dive into some football right away. Well, w- what a night at Arrowhead Stadium. Home of the Chiefs. Kansas City wins, but they do not cover. But uh, just... Just an awesome night, and uh, I, I want to start with, I, I'm guilty of this, even though I try to cognitively talk about it whenever we're discussing quarterbacks. I think whenever we're talking about quarterbacks in the draft, we don't actively discuss this element enough, and I think it was on full display tonight. Obviously with Herbert, who <laughs> looked like he shattered ribs, ripped a spleen, broke his body, I don't know. But the word toughness, I don't think we consistently throw it around enough when it comes to college prospects and then NFL quarterbacks. And obviously Herbert displayed it more because he 
actually looked injured. He had the one play where he could have ran for a first down, kind of threw it forward. It was a bizarre play. And then you realize, like, is his internal organs working? Like, is he okay? Is, is he alive? But I also think that Mahomes tonight, and really his entire career, has put on a display as well uh, of toughness. It is such a key attribute. I mean, we're, we're looking at Mahomes. Well, let's, let's be real. Whenever Rodgers retires, which could be, you know, any year now, Brady, I think it's pretty clear this is Tom's last year. Mahomes is going to be the top dog, him and Allen, and Herbert's right behind him. Like, you're looking at two of the three stalwarts, uh, headliners, poster childs. I mean, that's Brady, you know, Roethlisberger, Manning, Breeze. Like, those guys carry the league. That's that. Now, Mahomes has been doing that with Rodgers and Brady, but like, that big fella from Eugene, Oregon is a superstar. And I think we learned tonight, like we've known about Patrick Mahomes. I remember when Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, two games that I don't think Patrick Mahomes gets enough credit for, the AFC Championship loss to the Patriots and the Super Bowl. Turn on those. I remember a couple years ago, they were replaying that game against the the uh, the Patriots and his toughness was like, holy shit. Same thing with the Super Bowl. When their tackles were out, he's getting peppered. And tonight, Herbert, who we know is big, strong, can make every throw. But when you display that, and I saw on social media, like, get him out of the game. Like, guys, this isn't baseball and basketball. Like, I mean, he's unless he taps out, he ain't coming out of the game. This is football. Some of the most legendary games have been played when star guys were injured and they battled through. And look what happened tonight. He was injured and he led him on a touchdown drive. Pretty legendary move in his young career. On the road, against a division rival, against the big dogs, really in the league, and definitely in the conference. And he proved tonight, not that I didn't know he was tough, but I thought both guys, even though we've seen it, like I said, for a lot longer with Mahomes, that's what it looks like. And those attributes, or that specific attribute, like Mahomes can make every throw. Herbert can throw it 100 yards. Herbert's enormous. Mahomes can move. Like they have all these characteristics that equal stardom, you know, at the position, which is, as we all know, the most important position. But when you factor in toughness, that's when you get a guy you build, you give everything to and build the franchise around. <laughs> you know, you, if you're Dean Spanos, you look at Jeff Bezos and be like, hey, hey, Jeff, you know, you're a businessman. I, I, I kind of struggle with it. I pay a dollar rent. I don't even own my own building. But I got to invest a lot of money in this guy. What do you think? And Bezos will look at him like, yeah, bro, you pay him whatever it takes. (laughs) You make sure this guy's your franchise quarterback for the next 15 years. And he will be because that's the way the NFL works. It's very fan friendly. You don't lose star players unless you want to. But, you know, hope as of recording this, I don't have any information. I'm, I'm sure we won't tonight. Ribs, spleen, who knows? But that is a tough SOB right there. We knew Mahomes was, and Herbert just threw his hat in the ring. And we know Josh Allen is as well. So you're looking at the three core star, superstar players are all tough. That That's what the league gets to build upon. Now with, with Brady being in his swan song, you know, any moment Rodgers could head to uh, Indonesia and chew some plant to make him high and poop and pee. We got that. And we're very lucky. And I think the other thing we saw tonight is we overcomplicate the sport, I think, sometimes. Uh, the importance of hitting the quarterback, right? You're looking at Mahomes makes $450 million. Herbert, if Dean never stops pinching pennies, will get a boatload of money. 
Those guys have always made the most money, rightfully so. They're the most important player on the field. Well, who's the second most important player on the field? I don't know. The guy that hits them. And tonight, one consistent theme in my life in football, if you hit the quarterback, he will, you know, I don't care how tough you are, and those two guys are tough as nails, they will flinch. It will throw them off. And there was a reason that the Chargers went and got Khalil Mack. Him and Bosa together are a problem. And tonight, when the Chargers lose their center, they lose their right tackle, what happened? They started blitzing. They started getting pressure. They started peppering Herbert. Both the guys, even as they're getting hit, like it's hard to play some A-plus game when you're getting hit left and right. So I think we talk all this time about quarterbacks and offense. Having a powerful pass rush will always translate to a good football team. If you have a good pass rush, you will impact every single game. Clearly, I mean, that's not, this is, I'm not Bill Walsh here. This is pretty basic football one-on-one. But you hit great quarterbacks, you will throw them off. Both guys tonight. I mean, Mahomes could have thrown three or four picks. He literally hit multiple guys in the hands, had one overturned because of penalties. Herbert did have the one that went the other way. So you hit the quarterback. I, I just don't think we spend enough time during draft. Like, should we get another tight end? Should we get another safety? Do you have enough pass rush? Do you have enough upfront pressure? Now, the Chiefs, you know, Frank Clark's kind of a shell of himself. Chris Jones is still a star. The young guy they drafted from Purdue looks pretty interesting. They had to blitz their linebackers. And speaking of the Chiefs, like clearly the Chargers, pound for pound, player for player, have one of the best teams in the league. But you saw how fast a great roster, a couple injuries, lose a center, lose a right tackle, lose your star wide receiver, like you're already behind the eight ball a little bit. The Chiefs, just a couple years ago, the team that played the 49ers in the Super Bowl, beside Mahomes, all-time great, Kelsey, all-time great, Chris Jones, sure as hell trending that way, they basically have an entire new team. Like, I don't think we talk, like, the Chargers have, you know, a new team over the last couple years. Of course they do. They weren't very good. They had to retool. The Chiefs have been the best team in the AFC for the last five years, and they have a completely different squad than they did, like, two and a half years ago. I don't think we talk enough about what Andy and Veach have done to retool the roster. And think about this. It's clear they're not quite the same offensively with Tyreek Hill. Of course they're not. He's one of the greatest wide receivers I've ever seen. Where he ranks, I I don't know. I just know that player, I've never quite seen anything like that. I would imagine you, wherever you are, would agree with that. He is not just a unique player, he's a great player, and he has elite speed. So you remove that, and listen, they had their own reasons, they had to do what they had to do, and they did it. So they're not going to be as explosive down the field on offense. But the last, their defense has had its moments. When I watch them tonight, I go, their defense is just good. Like, their team speed at linebacker is fantastic. And that doesn't even account for Willie Gay missing tackle after tackle. Their defensive backfield, which is missing a first-round corner because he got hurt last week against Arizona, is dramatically improved. I mean, the guy with the pick six tonight is a Washington State seventh-round draft pick. You know, everyone made a big deal, and I love them, and I know people with the Chiefs, they loved them. They loved the Honey Badger. But sometimes in the sport of football, at a younger age than basketball and baseball, like 29, 30, 31, your arrow starts pointing down. It's the shitty part about the sport. A guy, a really famous player, been in the league eight, nine years, is not quite the same. We saw it happen to Patrick Peterson, one of his former teammates. Hasn't been the same in years. Again, great guy. Everyone loves him. I like rooting for him, but... Just the reality, sometimes you just fall off a cliff. They upgraded 
with Justin Reed. He is just a much better player in 2022 and will be moving forward for the next several years. So the Chiefs, like that, and this is what happens when you have a good personnel department and a head coach and a general manager that are in cohesion, they work together, the GM knows what he wants and is good at his job, you retool your team. So it's built a little bit different. Hell, I I think the Packers are going to bounce back this week. They have done similar. And well-run organizations pivot on the fly. Because in the NFL, if you draft well, if you make the correct mid to late round picks, you can do it like that. Now, if you screw up, it, it, it doesn't work, obviously. We see a lot of crappy teams can't draft or sign a free agent worth a shit. But the Chiefs are not that. They have an excellent personnel department, and they're lucky. They have one of the great quarterbacks of all time that they can build around. So, listen, Chargers roster is fantastic. But they had three or four injuries tonight and set them back. The Chiefs roster is completely different than it's been, but they're still a mother. And at home, with that crowd, it feels very collegiate. They're going to be tough to beat. Uh, The other thing is, really quick on the Amazon, I I saw a lot of different takes. My Amazon, now, I I work on the internet for a living. It's how I feed my unborn children. So everywhere I go, wherever I'm working, I pay for the fastest internet speeds. Now, sometimes, like last night, I stream in my room at my, here, I'm in the Bay Area this week, at my condo in in my master bedroom, and sometimes it skips. Like last night, I was trying to watch the last episode of Hard Knocks, and it was kind of choppy. In my experience in the in the Amazon game tonight, I did not have one issue. The audio wasn't off. It was very crisp. And I tweeted this out. Their greatest ability moving forward, like television, Fox, CBS. I think people don't realize when you see 33 million people watch the game or 10 million people watch the NBA Finals, that's an educated guess. That is based on meters in people's homes. And it's a sample size. It is not by any means a specific amount of people. They, they have no clue at any time how many people are actually watching. Now, like last week, Sunday Night Football, Cowboys, Tampa, obviously a lot of people are watching the game. Millions upon millions of people. But NBC actually has no clue. Jeff Bezos, and I love this, Jeff Bezos doesn't run Amazon anymore. Yeah, he's still the chairman, and he still owns the most shares, 10% of the company. He doesn't run it day to day. He's clearly the boss. Did you notice he was sitting next to Roger Goodell? He's still in charge of the totality of the company. Does he run it on a day-to-day basis? No. Is Bezos the guy that if you want something with Amazon, big time like the NFL does, you go to? Yes. So Jeff Bezos tonight, when I watched, when you watched, when millions of people watched, he doesn't just know exactly how many people are watching. He knows exactly how many people are watching immediately where you live how much you make, uh, how much, what you order off Amazon. He knows everything about you. His advantage moving forward in Apple Plus next year when they get DirecTV, it ain't going to be a fair fight. <laughs> like it's, it's over. And listen, I've been in the podcast business forever. Radio's no different. They take educate, they have no fucking clue on a daily basis, terrestrial radio, how many people are listening. We know exactly to a number how many people are listening live at any moment, let alone over a couple-day period. It's our greatest advantage with advertisers, which is literally the lifeblood of the business. Now, Amazon's unique because they don't need advertisers first and foremost, like Fox, like CBS. But they're going to steal the product because they got more money than them, and they're going to have more information. I I tell potential advertisers this all the time. I know exactly how many people are listening to my show. 
Radio does not. I, I dirty recruit. I'd be crazy not to. That's the business I'm in. And I'm sure Bezos is going to do that as well. So my only issue with the broadcast is simply this. I like the guy a lot. And I've always enjoyed him on college football. I, I think he's good. Al Michaels is a legend. Herb Street in the NFL, to me, is a little weird. I think Herb Street, calling USC, calling Penn State, Ohio State, calling Florida, Alabama, whatever, at night with Musburger, with Fowler, is fantastic. It, it doesn't work for me. Like, it's it, it's not working. <laughs> it's just not. Did I Do I pigeonhole him a little bit? Maybe. But, like, I, I don't know. And I get they didn't have any options. They tried to get McVay. They tried to get John Lynch. All these people said no. But that's just not really working for me. And I'm a Herb Street fan. I like Kirk Herb Street, but I'm watching it. It doesn't feel NFL. It, it just doesn't. Uh, nothing against the guy. Like I, I, before Booger Witten, like they were just terrible at their job. Herb Street is good at his job. He is a professional broadcaster announcer, but he feels collegiate. He just does, right or wrong. Uh, I got 20 years of data watching him on my television. So when I watch him call NFL games with Al, one of the great, if not the greatest play-by-play guy of my life, uh, it it just, it it throws me off. Don't totally love it. But, you know, what a game. That that game felt from kickoff like a playoff game. Two-star quarterbacks. Just the Chargers who just always, they actually played the Chiefs very well over the last several years in Kansas City, man. Keeps on rolling 2-0. Let's go, Chiefs. Football season is underway, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs 
has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well... I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com Colin to see their Goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com slash colin tirerack.com the way tire buying should be okay i wanted to dive into russell wilson and not as much russell wilson the player who i think we can argue is he slipping a little bit didn't quite look as fast is he gonna be as good should the Broncos be a little nervous? And more of the person, which we've talked about a lot. And I've been thinking a lot about him since Monday. And really, I've spent a lot of times talking about, a little weird for my taste, I actually think Monday symbolized and showed that, like, I almost think we're understating how big of an issue this is. Because, let's just think about it like this. Some jobs, 
it does not matter how weird, how quirky, how out there you are. Basically, do other people like you or not? Really, who cares, right? If you're a golfer, Tiger Woods, for a large percentage of his career in his prime, did not have a lot of friends on the PGA Tour. It did not matter. You hear these stories all the time about actors. It just does not matter how weird they are. Ellen, literally everyone despised Ellen. It didn't matter. She crushed it, made a ton of money. Then there are other jobs where it does kind of matter how you operate and act, right? And I would say quarterback, like think about what I do for a living. You are listening to me, whether you like my opinions on football, whether you find me entertaining. There's probably multiple reasons if you're listening to this and you consistently do why you like the show. But I would say one thing that I have to maintain no matter where my life goes is some relatability. I would say the number one podcast, and it's hard to tell anymore because of Spotify bought it, but for the reason Joe Rogan got hundreds of millions of dollars, I've never listened to his podcast really, but my brother, I I knew a million people that did. And you can go a lot of places and be like, did you hear this guy on Rogan? He's enormous. There is a relatability to him, even though he's rich and famous, right? I've listened to a few shows over the years. He just feels pretty mellow, normal guy for being a little out there, right? But it's a relatable listen. And quarterback, think about like Breeze, Manning, Brady. These guys are so famous and so rich, yet they have the ability to like relate to their teammates and their teammates really like them. And it feels like everyone inside the building, even Tom, as he's gotten so just put on a pedestal, looks weird, eats weird food. Every time you see clips of him with his teammates, it's like, ah, this guy really gets along. He, Tom Brady feels like a cool hang if you're a football player. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. I remember when uh, the center for Brees, it might have been the guard, might have been actually their tackle. I forget. Just an offensive lineman, retired, cried because Drew Brees meant so much to him. Like, your quarterback shouldn't mean a lot to his teammates, right? Why? Because when you're the quarterback, you're pretty dependent on those individuals. And what I saw on Monday night was all those guys came back from the the team that Russell played with that was the best team, right? The LOB years. None of those guys like him. It's one thing. Listen, there are people in life that don't like me, just like there are people in life that don't like you. Now, does everyone not like you? That would be a red flag. Does everyone not like me? That would be a problem. Like, why does not one guy on that team stand up and support Russell Wilson? And I was thinking about Kyler Murray. When Kyler Murray went through his situation with the contract and the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the part in the contract that said he had to watch film, not play video games, did you notice when they went through all that and they ended up taking it out of the contract, how not one guy on the team, I had an NFL person point this out. Did, they're like, did you notice how not one teammate came to his defense. Not one. Think about Jimmy Garoppolo, who's a middle-of-the-road quarterback. Yet every time weird things happen, the last several years, his teammates, offensively, defensively, they all got his back. Why? Because they liked him. Because whatever Jimmy has, I don't know him personally, feels like gets along with people. Russell Wilson, it's one thing to be rich and famous. Welcome to the National Football League. Welcome to being a star quarterback. It's another thing to like, do people think he's a weird guy? And not like weird, like he's got some weird quirks, like weird out there weird. And to me, if I'm a Denver Bronco fan, 
what I witnessed, one, I'd be nervous about my coach, and I've been saying this from the beginning. I'd be nervous, like part of it, like if I'm Jerry Judy or Bradley Chubb, like can Russell Wilson relate to me? Because if he's not going to be the dominant, dominant, he doesn't have any equity built up with me. Right? When Peyton Manning got to the Denver Broncos, he didn't have any equity built up with those guys. He had to earn their respect. And I, I would imagine he'd be the first to tell you, I earned their respect with my work ethic, and I earned my respect by getting to know them and getting along with them. Demarius Thomas, Julius Thomas, Vaughn Miller, those guys I tried to become friends, tried to be boys with them. And it doesn't feel like that's really Russell Wilson's deal. And to me, if this backfires, Denver Broncos, and I don't blame them for making this trade, but Pete Carroll said it this week. Like, it's not about the individual. It's about the team. That's why that game meant so much to him. And listen, I understand Coward loves this guy. And early on, I did too. And I still am not writing him off yet as a player. But I think we have to question the person. Because we do it with all these other quarterbacks. We do it with Kyler Murray. And I'm not saying that Russell plays video games. He clearly takes football very seriously. But he doesn't get along with anybody. In the sense of, like, he don't, he, does he have any friends? Like, he called DK Metcalf his best friend. He's been in the league for 10 years. How Richard Sherman, Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, K.J. Wright, Chris, Chris Averill, Doug Baldwin. Why do they all not like the guy? I do think that is something to monitor moving forward. Because you're not an actor. You're not a golfer or tennis player. Having your teammates not just respect you, but like being able to have them uh, gravitate towards you is important. And I don't know. I just got this thing kind of red flagged. And I think Russell Wilson might have even jumped the shark of his weirdness. Like Tom has too, but Tom is still able to relate to his boys on the squad. Not sure Russell is. Uh, I saw Sean Payton, who has talked. This has been well known for a while, but he's verbalized it the last couple weeks, how much he liked Patrick Mahomes. He claimed, and Sean Payton got to the NFL in 1997. So when Patrick Mahomes was coming out of the draft, he called him the best prospect he'd ever evaluated. Sean Payton had 20 years of NFL experience. And I think this is a good life lesson to us all. And the draft is a good example. And I say it all the time. It's a market value, right? If you look at it like houses, you don't want to pay $900,000 for a $500,000 house. But you'd be willing if the house is $4 million, if you can get it for $4.2 million, you don't feel that bad if you think in five years that house is going to be worth eight. And when he claimed that Patrick Mahomes is the best player that he's ever scouted, and he was in love with Patrick Mahomes, it's sometimes easy to do that after the fact. I remember Danny Ainge said that Draymond Green was the third player on their board. Like, yeah, it's, it's easy to say that like five years after the fact when it's clear you should have drafted him. It happens a lot. I'm not just picking on Danny Ainge. I think he's a really good NBA general manager. Happens in basketball and football all the time. We love this guy. Well, it's easy to say you love the guy when you never had the opportunity to pick him. And it's just, it it doesn't affect you either way. It's another thing to have the opportunity to make a move. And at the time, the Saints were sitting there at 11. And clearly the Chiefs knew that Sean Payton loved him. And remember, Veach and those guys had done a lot of good work. And they had worked with Mahomes' agent. And they said, listen... We are in love, but you can you have to work with us and never tell anyone that we love you because if it gets out, we got no chance to get you because we got to come up from the 20s. And Sean Payton has said over and over how much he loved, and he's talked the last couple weeks. He told Coward this. I saw him say it on the pregame show that ultimately as Mahomes and Marcus Lattimore started to uh, fall to them, that they knew they were going to get a good player. And not that Lattimore is not a really good player. He's an all-pro 
But there is a major difference of landing a star corner and a star quarterback. Marshawn, not Marcus. My, my bad. I said the wrong name. And I think this is a good lesson when your gut speaks to you. And I say this all the time. Like, my gut has told me things over the years that even if I ask for advice to people that are way more successful than me, they might have said no. And hell, it's happened before. People have pushed back, said, I don't know if this is a good idea, but I knew. And anyone listening knows when you when you go to family members or people you work with or whatever and you try to explain them, sometimes other people just might not understand. And when your gut is telling you to do something, sometimes you got to put all the chips in the middle of the table. I heard a story last week. I was uh, playing golf with a new Arizona buddy named Ben. And he told me this story about someone that he knew that years ago, back when Bitcoin was 350 bucks or something. And at the time, average people like me, when you brought up Bitcoin, I probably would have laughed at you. At the time, hell, I probably wouldn't even have heard about it. I remember laughing at like Russell Okun when he wanted to get his salary in Bitcoin. And I mean, it went way up, but now it's probably back at that number. But regardless, this guy took out a $250,000 loan, his buddy, and put it all in Bitcoin at $350. Maybe it was $380, somewhere in the threes. And ended up making $53 million. And I would imagine if that guy would have pulled, if you're able to get a $250,000 loan, especially in your 20s, pretty impressive move. Ask other financial people at the time, ask your parents, whatever. They would have told you you were batshit fucking crazy. You're going to take out 250 Gs alone to invest in this thing? Are you nuts? Do you know when you're not nuts? When you got $53 million and you're you're buying your parents' house in cash. Be like, hey, mom, dad, I got you. And sometimes only you know. And there are instances where, listen, you never truly know the outcome of anything. Did this guy know for certain that Bitcoin would keep going up and up? No, he doesn't have a crystal ball, but he felt pretty good about it. And clearly, it I don't know, I don't have this guy's financials, changed his life. Well, Sean Payton was picking at 11 between two guys, and one is a corner, and one is a quarterback. And I don't believe that he's lying. I, I've heard this from other people. I've, he said it over and over. Clearly, the Chiefs knew because they jumped him. I believe him. But think how stupid it is, looking back, that he didn't trade up five spots to ensure that he got a quarterback who he thought was the best quarterback ever. And if anything, looking back, he was right. He wouldn't still be coaching. Who knows? Maybe they would have won the Super Bowl. Maybe they would have won a couple. He's had an excellent team the last three or four years, but the quarterback kind of fell off a cliff. Can you imagine if you would have given Sean Payton and Patrick Mahomes on this Saints team? Holy cannoli. And I think it's a good lesson of when you know something that's very important, you feel it in your gut, and you have the experience. He had 20 years of experience. So I would even use the Bitcoin guy as an example. That's a pretty big ledge to go out on, especially if you're a younger person. When you have that much experience, you've seen that much, and your expertise is at that position, that's something that you lose sleep over. Because I think if Sean Payton, if if I was talking to him, he would be like, yeah, we should have traded our following year's first round pick and moved up five, six spots and drafted the kid instead of just going pure value. Like right now, I'm doing a value play in terms of buying my house in Arizona. Like I, I haven't found anything I want. Luckily, I'm not in a rush. I haven't needed anything. But if I had three kids and I needed to get a home, I would have had no choice. 
Like when you're talking about a quarterback and you have an aging quarterback, you could argue Sean Payton, they didn't have enough urgency in the room. And I always think there's a balance of having urgency, having like patience, doing the right thing just consistently. And every once in a while, you got to take some chances. And they didn't take a chance there and it clearly backfired in the sense of they could have had Patrick Mahomes. Love Lattimore. Really good player. One of the better corners in the league. There's The Chiefs wouldn't trade Patrick Mahomes for seven Lattimores. <laughs> and the Superdome and four offensive linemen and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. They would say no. It's how valuable the quarterback is relative to every single person. Kyle Shanahan could offer the 49ers their entire roster minus the quarterback and Andy Reid for Patrick Mahomes. It's just it, that value is there is no comparable. It's just it's unique that way. And um, man. The Saints, man. When you know, you know, and they didn't do anything about it. Another thing I was thinking, after watching the Washington Commanders game, like Carson Wentz threw four touchdowns in the game winner. Now listen, last year, the ending of the season was a disaster. Clearly, the owner hated him. Now you could argue, does he get along with all of his teammates? Is there some weird rift? It's just, it's been a little weird the last two places. But one thing, just after watching one game, Carson Wentz looked pretty capable. We all know his talent, like he's tall, big arm, explosive, can push the ball down the field, make some terrible picks. Even though I defended him on the one pick that he threw the defensive lineman, uh, Walker, the first, the number one overall pick, the guy was hiding behind an offensive lineman. So when you pick off a screen, it's one thing if I throw it right to a linebacker and he's standing by my running back. It's another thing if the defensive lineman sheds an offensive tackle, comes out of nowhere and picks off my ball. I, I give him, I, I wouldn't say a reprieve, but I'm not acting like that's the worst play I've ever seen like social media did. But I do think, and I was thinking about this today, are we sure that Carson Wentz isn't the better player than Matt Ryan? And I understand that if your owner wants you to do something, you got no choice. But remember, when they landed Matt Ryan, they didn't even know, kind of came out of nowhere because Deshaun Watson you know, might have gone to Atlanta, so Atlanta was like, yeah, Matt, if you want to take a trade, like who knows where they would have gone. Like They traded Carson Wentz without, they didn't really have a plan. Maybe they would have got Jimmy Garoppolo, then he got a shoulder surgery regardless. Like, I remember watching Phillip Rivers two years ago and thinking, I love Phillip Rivers. I like Phillip Rivers a lot more than Matt Ryan, even though Matt Ryan technically has a Super Bowl berth and obviously the MVP. Phillip Rivers, I just, if I'm going to take a weak arm quarterback, I would take Phillip over Matt Ryan. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I just, it's just my opinion. One thing you could tell with Phillip Rivers, though, that year was like, you know, he's diminishing. He's His, his arrow is pointing down. And I'm watching Matt Ryan thinking like, are we sure this guy's good anymore? And here's the other thing. The Colts don't exactly have Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, and Dallas Clark. So they don't have that much talent around them. They have a a quarterback who doesn't have a great arm, who is trending the wrong way. Are we sure the Colts... Listen, they had no choice because the owner wanted the guy gone. But I actually don't feel that great about that team. And, you know, who knows? We'll we'll see. The Commanders play the Lions, kind of like the Commanders, plus two and a half in that game. But if Carson Wentz has a good season... You know, we judge you on like big trades, right? Like Jamal Adams is on IR, whatever, but they traded two ones and a two for him. It's like, how'd that trade work out? Well, you go for the Seattle terribly, but like, who did the Jets draft? Like, what did they do with the extra cap space? Like, there are more variables, like Khalil Mack, Raiders. You'd be like, well, who won the trade? Well, the Bears got Khalil Mack, who was a several time Pro Bowl for him, and the Raiders got a bunch of cap space and draft picks. Well, who'd they draft? We're like, well, this guy's in jail. This guy was a bust. You know, there are a lot of... This one's very black and white. Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan. Who's the better player? 
And I, I just think it's something to keep an eye on all season long. It was something that actually I wouldn't even been that interested in. But after week one going, I'm not sure the Colts were that great. And if Carson Wentz, again, he threw four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. The point of the game is to score points. He put up 28. Their opponent had 22. So you can tell me, and I've seen this in like 49 or Twitter. It's like, well, Trey Lance had all these explosive plays. They scored 10 points. The whole point of the game is to have more points on the board than your opponent. And if you're going to throw four touchdowns as a quarterback, like that's doing your job. So it's it's something to monitor, and it's something that maybe the owner doesn't hold it against them, but the fans be like, "What are we doing?" Kind of feels like clearly a big week for the for the for the Colts against the Jags, place they haven't won. But I keep an eye on Matt Ryan because trust me, I, I've been leery the last couple of years thinking he was going the wrong way. Don't love what I'm seeing. I wanted last week I spent so much time going game to game. I don't think I'm going to do that every week. What I did this week is I just wrote some games down and just wrote a question mark. My biggest question mark about the game. Uh we'll fire through and then we'll get into Stucky. Seattle at the Niners. Is Lance going to make some plays? Is Trey Lance going to make some plays? Is he going to throw some touchdowns? <laughs> like I mean, how many touchdowns is Trey Lance going to throw this year? Does it start this weekend? Can can he have some explosive plays? The cards at the Raiders. Very interesting game. One of these two teams is going to be 0-2. And whichever one it is, I, I, I like the Raiders in this game. If Cliff and Kyler are 0-2, uh, yeah, someone's season is going to be in shambles. And is all of a sudden, even though we got an extension, like what if the Cardinals win like six games? We got guys getting fired or just because they're getting paid so much money, it's good. The Jets at the Browns. I uh one of the producers of the show, Michael Holes, big Browns fan, and I was I was talking to him the other day and he was like, "You know what's weird is like what do I even have to think as a Browns fan? Like what do I get excited? Does this even matter? Is our backup quarterback? It's a very weird situation. I almost give them a pass most games even though their roster is really good. If they win, I'm impressed. If they lose, you know, Jacoby's their quarterback. To me, I'm looking at the Jets. And I understand it's their backup quarterback, but Robert Sala saying he's keeping receipts like are the Jets ever going to be good? Or are they just always going to suck? That's, that's my question. Like, Saul, you can keep your seats, but is your team ever going to be good? The Bucks at the Saints. Is Brady ever going to beat the Saints? I know he did in the playoffs a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl. But, like, he's 0-4 against them. It's one thing to lose to Sean Payton. It's another thing to lose to Dennis Allen. Now, I know Dennis Allen has played a big role in beating Brady because he's been the defensive coordinator. But it's like... I, I And I think it's going to be hard. Tom's missing a bunch of guys. Offensive line's banged up. All their receivers are hurt. Tom ever going to beat the Saints? Pats at the Steelers. Honestly, my question is, who would watch this game? Now, I understand Pat, Patriots have a lot of fans. Obviously, the Steelers have a lot of fans. Mitch Trubisky versus a banged up Mac Jones. Maybe Brian Hoyer. TJ Watt out. Love TJ Watt. Out. Torn peck. Rip peck. Strain peck. I don't know, but he's out for a while. Who knows? I mean, him and his brother... It's unfair to compare TJ to his brother injury-wise, but this is a major injury. I, th- I think, has JJ ever had this injury? I know he's had the elbow. Um, did he have a peck last year? I think he did have a peck last year. This game, listen, Steeler fans, a lot of respect for you guys. Patriot fans, you know, don't necessarily respect you, but you guys have had a hell of a run. Th- this game's this game's god-awful. This is a bad product on television. Uh, the Dolphins against the Ravens. I don't know if you had a chance to see... Tua admitted today in his press conference that I'm short and I can't see, so the wide receivers need to get to spots in the field where I can see them. Pretty big red flag. At least they didn't pass on a 6'6", absolute thoroughbred. 
But here's what I would say about this. Because I think the Ravens are really good. I think there are three teams uh, you know, competing for the number one overall seed. I'm recording this part before the Charger-Chief game. I, I wouldn't put the Chargers there yet, but I think the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Ravens. Now, if you tell me that the Chargers beat the Chiefs, maybe I, I think their roster is really good, and I love Herbert, so maybe they can compete too. But Brandon Staley, we'll see. I'll pump the brakes there. Bottom line, I think the Ravens are awesome. Dolphins is going to win big games, or are they just going to beat up on the shitty teams like they did last year and lose the good ones? Bengals at the Cowboys. Uh, everyone and their mother is going to pick the Bengals. Are, are the Cowboys just going to suck? Like, now the Dak's injured. Are, are they just going to be terrible? Are they just going to be a consistent L every single week? And we're looking at a four or five win Dallas Cowboys team? Which would suck because they're always on national TV. So I, I would enjoy if they get competitive, even though I don't have uh, strong thoughts there. Houston at Denver? Uh, let's ride. I mean, let's ride. That's back to Russell. Think about that. It's, listen, you could say go Broncos. You can say fly Eagles fly, Niners Nation, like go Pats. Like players can do that. I got no issue with that. I, I'm not a diehard Bronco fan, even though I follow the AFs. Did he just make up Let's Ride? Like, is that something that Russell Wilson just created out of thin air? Let's Ride? Because I don't remember Peyton Manning saying that. I don't remember John Elway say that. Like, that's just, that's what I'm talking about. Like, there's a, like, that's not, who's that relatable to? Bradley Chubb? Like, is Jerry Judy saying Let's Ride? It's like, bro, why do you got to say that? Bears, Packers, um, nothing even needs to be said. That thing, I, I ass whooping come. I do think the Bears and the Giants, I know they're both 1-0. I'm I pretty confident both teams are going to be drafting the top five. I'm not going to pivot off that just because both teams won. Um, I, I like the Packers, and I like the Packers big in this game. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers never kills these guys, but uh, I, I think we get a bounce-back game from the Packers. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco-alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Okay, back at it again with my man who uh, just happened to go 3-0. Uh, you know, he's hot. Now it's early. We got a long season left, but three and is three and zero. And you know, if we throw in my little addition to the to the UK Wildcats, you know, we can say the show's four and zero. But let's uh, let's dive into week two, and uh, pretty interesting with my man Stucky. You can find him on Twitter at Stucky Two. You can also find him on the Action Network uh, podcast, Action Network podcast. Thing comes out every Thursday. Big bets on campus as well. Uh, we, we know he's a collegiate gambling ge- degenerate. Uh, living in SEC country and college college basketball country is, is uh the Wildcats still a basketball school or uh... <laughs> that's uh maybe going to become a, a hot topic if Kentucky loses to uh, a Mac school in the first round again this year especially because C- Coach Cal said something and then Stoops kind of fired back and I thought they were buddies and Stoops let's face it I, you know what L- little fun fact I did not know after he beats Florida and he's the all time winningest coach in Kentucky. You could, I, I could have guessed a million coaches that he passed on the all-time Kentucky winning list, and I, you know, I'm not from that area. Had no clue Bear Bryant coached at Kentucky. Yeah, and uh, I wonder if uh, Cal had a uh, some Florida gear on over the weekend to kind of yeah, he's take some he's heat got, off that conversation. <laughs> hell, hell yeah. Okay, Stucky, um, y- you start wherever you want to go this week. 
Uh, yeah, let's start with the – let's go Atlanta Falcons catching over 10 points at the Rams. Uh, I think the Rams – look, you, you never want to overreact to week one, and that's always been a theme in when betting the NFL regardless, but especially in week two. If you bet just dogs that didn't cover game one, for example, you're about 61% over the past 25 years. You basically just bet the team that didn't cover in week one versus a team that did. Like, just don't overreact. The market usually does these things. Now, it's, uh, we're talking in broad generalizations now. But in this case, you know, the Rams got blown out by a good Bills team. But there's some issues I think this team has. I think the defense is going to take a step back. It's very top-heavy. But the offense in particular was really worrisome. Look, the Bills have a good defense. This is they're not the 85 Bears. The Stafford had was under pressure the highest rate more than any other game last year, regular season or playoffs. And the Bills blitzed zero percent of the time. Zero. Allen that, mean, that means not one blitz, correct? Not one blitz. Not one. Allen Robinson looked like he was stuck in mud the entire game. He looked slow. I don't know if Stafford's still dealing with uh, an elbow injury, but the offensive line is the biggest issue. Um, and Cam Akers doesn't look fully healthy. And now they're out without their center for the next two to four weeks. They're signing guys trying to assimilate their offensive line this week. You know, you lost a future Hall of Fame tackle. And look, Grady Jarrett in the middle could cause some problems here. And Atlanta actually looked a, competent last week. And I think they'll be feisty. They're a bad team. But I think that they can hang within 10 and a half here. And something to note, Dean Pease, you know, highly respected defensive coordinator for the Falcons. If you look back historically, his defenses in year one have always struggled. Very complex defense, switch up the looks pre-snap. Really, and, and they were a young defense last year. Hard for a defense to understand what he's trying to do in year one. Usually you see a big jump in year two. Uh, so, you know, I, I liked what I saw last week. And going up against this Rams offense, which has major issues up front and at other positions, I think the Falcons are – are feisty here and uh, they can keep this within 10 and a half. Yeah. I would say going into the season, I had a gambling rule that I wasn't going to mess with the Falcons, but I, I will piggyback you on the Rams. I remember Harbaugh's last year in San Francisco, they had a retirement at right tackle and their offense. They had some injuries on their offensive line and they were just, you can't protect. And when you're a good team and all of a sudden your offensive line is in question, you can't protect anyone can play with you. Right, you, you don't need Bruce Smith and Lawrence Taylor rushing the passer. A average pass rushers can because most backup offensive linemen in the NFL, the gap between them and a starter is wide. And let's face it, the Rams' offensive line in general hasn't been known as like one of the high end groups over the years. So it could be one, like you said, don't overreact to Week One. But one big takeaway is like this could be a major Achilles heel of the Rams just this season. Right. I mean, if, if you can't protect an older quarterback who's been banged up and you don't exactly have Marshall Falk or Todd Gurley back there, I mean, it's it's just something to monitor. And, and ten and a half points, like you said, I, I, I'm in agreement there. Let's uh, let's yeah, go. And then Jefferson, their deep threat probably is going to go to stretch the field. He's still out. And you people have to remember, it's like, oh, the Rams, they went that they won the Super Bowl. Like the Super Bowl champs, just that's the NFL playoffs. If Jaquiski Tart catch, catches I, a lob, they're 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 not even in the Super Bowl. Okay, let's let's uh, head to the Dirty South and a matchup that pretty sure right Brady is zero four against the Saints. Now Sean Payton was the head coach; he is no longer. Dennis Allen for a split second 
you, you just I would just look at the ESPN app. I'm like, he's not only going to lose week one, he's getting his ass kicked. Now they pulled a comeback, uh, but getting three points on the road. The, the Dennis Allen, ha- in, in fairness, I'm not a Dennis Allen guy, but he has been a major reason that they have beat Tampa Bay, right? Defensively, they have, you know, let, let's be real, kick Tom Brady's ass for the most part, beside the playoff game, which is the most important out of the five times. But in the regular season, he's been excellent. So uh, where are you going on this game? Yeah, I think you got to take the three here with the Saints at home. Uh, Big home field advantage, obviously. And they've had Brady's number. I mean, he was never swept in his career by any team in his division until the Saints. And if you look at why the Saints beat him, I mean, the Saints beat him last year 9-0 in one game. 9-0 was the final score um, because they can get pressure up the middle. They can generate pressure and they play, they can play man on the outside. That is how you beat Brady. You can't zone them and you can't rely on pressure off the edges. You have to be able to generate pressure up the middle and then you have to play man because he's going to read what you're doing right away and he's going to get the ball Dump out quick yeah. and you're, you're screwed. Brady owned the Steelers for about 10 to 15 years because the Steelers defense was zone and they would run zone <clears throat> and he would <clears throat> sit there and pick pick them apart Every single matchup, old Ravens defenses, they used to play man, get pressure with guys like Suggs. They would give them trouble at some That's the, Yeah, the, those are the new Saints, the, the new Ravens, I should say, are the Saints. Their defense matches up really well here. On top of that, if you look in the past couple of years, they've had all this sex, success even when the Bucs are at full strength. Like they they had their entire offensive line at full strength. Now you, you're, you lost a, a number of guys in the interior, your star tackle might be out for this one as well. And your receivers, I don't know who's playing, but they're all they're 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 all not practicing banged up and Mike, Mike, Mike Evans is hurt. I saw Mike Evans wasn't seen to yeah, practice. Evans, Godwin didn't practice. Julio Jones is now banged up again. Gage is still banged up. I mean there's Gronk still isn't there. So this Saints team has done this against you know full strength Bucks offenses. And if you look last week, yes, the Bucks looked impressive against the Cowboys. I think that was more about the Bucs defense against a really limited Cowboys offense. But Brady was under pressure a lot in the red zone in particular. Uh, He was getting hit and pressured. And that's against the Cowboys defense that doesn't have the defensive line that the Saints do. And the Saints obviously have a much more competent offense as far as skill position players are concerned than Dallas does it right at this moment. So, yeah, I think you got to take the three here based on the matchup and based on a lot of Tampa Bay's injuries uh, along the offensive line and wide receiver. Uh, I think this is closer to a coin flip. Don't, don't hate this for a money line uh, bet, yeah. do you? No, not at all. Ha- and same, I mean, one thing we know about Tampa, their defense is good. Obviously, Saints defense is good. How about how about the underplay on this game? Yeah, I would look, I would look under uh, here. It's come down a bunch, which kind of sucked some of the value out. But yeah, um, yeah, Tampa's defense is going to be good. And last year they slipped a little bit at times, but that's because their secondary wasn't hurt. They dealt with a lot of injuries on the back end. And that really limits what Bowles can do with his front. And they were really inexperienced on the back end, but now that they're healthy um, on the back end, that gives Bowles a lot, a lot of flexibility on what to do with this defense. And you saw that last week in a dominant effort. So I don't think Winston is going to go out and light this Bucks uh, defense up by any stretch, but I think the the Saints defense is going to do its job here. And uh, I think the Saints find a way again. Okay, let's transition to a game that I, I I think we got a little disagreement on. I mean, this is, you know, really it was a one-sided rivalry, like you mentioned, because Brady used to carve up this team 
uh, and just consistently kick Tomlin and Roethlisberger's ass. But now Roethlisberger's in retirement. Brady's in Tampa, so it's Mr. Trubisky versus a banged up Mac Jones. We think. Uh, I, I just I, I I don't understand how New England, off what we saw last week, even though Pittsburgh, you know, it's kind of an outlier to get that many turnovers, but still, just at home to me, just at minimum, this would be Steelers minus one, one and a half. Uh, do people do you view the Steelers? And New England, just even separate from this game independently, like do you view the Patriots as a better team than the Steelers? Because if you don't, I, I don't understand how the Steelers in their home opener could be the underdog to a team that, I got to be honest, I, I mean, I, I understand not to overreact to week one, but I think we all thought New England was going to suck. And then you watch them and you go, yeah, that might be a five-win team, even with Belichick. And I, I'm i not going to pivot off that at all. Now, I, I, I guess Belichick's own Tomlin, but... These teams are dramatically different than the groups we've seen play over the years. I, I would hammer Pittsburgh on here, but maybe that's why historically, maybe I've not been the best gambler. Yeah, no, I mean, I like the Pats. I do have the Pats. I, I thought the, and I was on the Steelers last week against the Bengals, classic Tomlin spot, um, you know, as an underdog of more than a field goal. It was awesome. thought he was going to, when he was going to win. Uh, just classic. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think the Steelers are in for a rough year. I'm not a Mitch Trubisky guy. And I'm not, I'm not either. I think Belichick, what he'll have here is a game plan for Trubisky where he might be seeing ghosts. And that's the talk at the end of this game. And there might be, hey, where's Kenny Pickett soon thereafter? We shall see. This isn't the same Patriots secondary as in years past, but I think that they'll be able to come up with a good game plan here to stifle this. Uh, the, it's going to be a bad Steelers offense with Trubisky at the helm. On the other side of the ball, losing Watt is just so massive. If you look back at their defensive splits when he's been he's missed a couple games when he's not on the field it is drastic his impact they also had a corner hurt we'll see how if Najee Harris can go but on the offensive side of the ball I am since like extremely concerned about the Patriots as everyone was coming into the year right and it was okay let's hand the keys to Joe Judge and Matt Patricia okay well I don't know what that's about and it didn't work out in week one it's in their offensive line got abused, which not having Watt really helps them here. But they're off at, Mac Jones was under fire right from the start. He had the most throws under pressure of any quarterback in week one. But I, I think that they'll just be able to run the ball here. That is the, no Watt and the Steelers' weakness last year was stopping the run. So I think the Patriots are going to come out and they're just going to pound it down the Steelers' throat without Watt. And they're going to be able to control the time possession, confuse Trubisky here. And for what it's worth, Belichick. Now, some of this is Brady. I'll split out the non-Brady. Belichick, after a loss, as either an underdog or a favorite of less than seven points. So, underdog or favorite of less than seven points after a loss, he's twenty-five and three against the spread. That's ninety percent. Uh, how about just off a loss in general on the road, thirty and nine against the spread, seventy-seven percent. But that twenty-five and three against the spread after a loss is either an underdog or a favorite of less than seven. A lot of that's Brady, but he's five and one against the spread with Newton, uh, Matt Castle, and Mac Jones. So yeah, there's, and by the way, the Tomlin rah-rah spot, Tomlin after a straight up win as an underdog of three or more points, which happened last week when no one expects the win and he always wins. Since 2018, after that happens, one and eight against the spread. So now the Steelers are feeling good about themselves. <clears throat> you know, the Patriots looked bad last week. 
And uh, it's not your classic rah-rah Tomlin spot. It's not like no. everyone's sitting here Good saying okay. Steelers can can't win me. here. Um, so, yeah, but I will have a big caveat here. Mac Jones was healthy. Like, it, he had back spasms. He was dealing with it. He looked good in practice yesterday. But now he missed – just got a report after I came on here that he missed practice today with an illness. So, I don't know. In COVID times and with the flu back, I, I don't know what that means. Like, there's no way. And the Patriots are never going to say anything. They're the last team to say anything. So what I would say is if you are looking to bet this game and, you know, the Patriots could be way worse. This is what happens during the year. You don't know a lot about these teams. The Patriots could be way worse. The, the Steelers could not be better. So if you sort of agree with John beforehand or if you agree with me, the line's sitting at like one and a half or two. So you, you can wait a little bit here to see if you get more news because obviously just if it's if it goes to three, either way, that's really your key number in the NFL. But I would wait a little bit to see if there's any more intel on Mac Jones because then all of a sudden it's like, not only do you have to go to Hoyer, hopefully they go to Bailey Zappi because that'll be fun. But you're going to you're going to your backup on a uh, a Friday, like a Thursday afternoon and Friday. Like he, he, it's not like he practice all week. So if he like can't go for whatever reason, um, obviously that would be bad. One quick look ahead, just because we got this kind of weird second week, multiple Monday night games. You talk a lot about, and I think gamblers in general, the overreaction week one. The Bills are clearly a good team. They're going to win the NFC East. They're going to compete for the number one seed. But the Titans, I mean, Saquon busted a couple big runs. I mean, by the time that game kicks off, that number could be 10. I mean, is there going to be some value in the Titans on that Monday night football game? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm extremely low on the Titans this year. It's just, I, and look, but Vrabel as a dog, Vrabel has been the best underdog coach. He's kind of got the Tomlin thing. He's got the Tomlin thing going on. He's he's the the new age Tomlin, and he's always overperformed, and he's just excelled and thrived. We talked about those with the Giants last week. He has not been great as a favorite, but he is awesome as an underdog. But I'm just really worried about the Titans in general. Without you, know, you lose your top pass rusher right before the year, and then giving away AJ Brown, and then having nothing now to replace him. Like the the rookie's not ready. That's no. just an enormous gap. Um, well, you, you, saw AJ, you saw AJ last suit. week for Philly. I yeah. mean, he, he looks fucking awesome. Man, he opens up that entire offense. But what besides quarterback, what are the two most you know important positions in today's NFL? It's like your star receiver and, and then your, your top edge rusher. And they just said, all right, we're going to keep our same roster, essentially. And then we lose both of them. So I'm really worried about them. But it's a classic you know, buy low, sell high spot on the Titans. And yeah, that, that line will probably get the 10 and a half, but I am a bit worried that the Titans could just be really bad. But at that point, you have to either play the Titans or nothing. Well, Sucky, if you, if you see Coach Cal at the bars this weekend at your bar, you, you tell him he better pick his shit up because Mark Stoops is coming for his crown as the number one coach in the town. <laughs> uh, I'll let him know. I'll let big big Oscar Shibway, the big man, the Kentucky big man, he's uh a man about town in Lexington. Also, I don't see Cal. I'll let him. I'll let him know. Love it. Take take it easy, bro. Talk to you soon. Absolutely. Good luck this weekend. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. 
Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.